0: Awesome. Well, we've been having a great time this month out of the book of Hebrews. And if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 12. God's been moving. We've been challenged. And I'll tell you what, it's been awesome. The book of Hebrews, Jesus is greater. And tonight as we were worshiping, wasn't that awesome worship tonight? And we thank God for what he did tonight. That was just so on my heart tonight that Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater than our circumstances. He's greater than our limitations. He's greater than our situations. He's greater than every anything that we're going through. And even tonight, if you are going through something and you feel limited, you feel weak, it doesn't matter. We understand and we know and we have faith that Jesus is greater than any situation that we face, any circumstance, any trial. Maybe tonight you're going through some struggles and situations and you're down and out. I want you to be encouraged tonight. Not because I say, but because the Word of God says and teaches us that Jesus is greater. He's going to help you tonight. He's going to strengthen us. And God's going to help us as we finish this, uh, this series out of the book of Hebrews. Jesus is greater. Hebrews chapter 12. And I want to minister tonight on an unshakable kingdom. So what we're going to do is we're going to read out of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26. Verse 26. And we're going to read through 29. Then we're going to pray. We're going to pray that the Lord would help us and speak to us and strengthen us tonight. Amen. So here we go. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26 through 29. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says this. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth but the heavens also. In verse 27, this means that all creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear in awe. I want to read that one more time. Verse 28, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe, for our God is a devouring fire. Pray with me tonight. Father, we thank you, God, for this time that we have together, Lord God, just to learn of you, Father. Lord, I pray that you would have your way tonight, that you would help us, Father God. Lord, I pray, God, that I would decrease so that you could increase, Father. None of me, Father God, all of you tonight. Speak your word, Father God. Speak to our hearts. Minister to every life, Father God. I just pray that you would have your way, my God. And I lift up anyone that's in here, God, that is carrying a burden, Father God. I pray that you would just... Take that burden from them, my God, in faith that they right now would cast it uh, upon you, Father God, so that they can listen, they can receive your word of truth, Father God, knowing and trusting that you're going to take care of everything. Father, we're thankful we give you praise, honor, and glory. We ask in Jesus' name. And all of God's people say, Amen. amen. An unshakable. Kingdom, Praise God. This month, through the book of Hebrews, God's been helping us. We've been encouraged and we've been challenged in many ways. And we're going to look at the last two chapters of Hebrews tonight, chapters 12 and 13. And each chapter out of Hebrews is just so full of things that we, we could spend hours here talking about what is covered in Hebrews chapter 12 and 13. So how do we, man, how do you pull out something from those two chapters to, uh, to speak on? It's difficult, it's tough. It's kind of like when you go to your favorite buffet and you've got one plate and the plate they give you is just this big. But especially if you go to a buffet and you're hungry, your eyes are just glowing there and you're trying to fit everything on your plate and there's just no room. There's no more room. And that's, that's kind of how it is here. I mean, we're, we're, tr- we're gonna believe God to help us tonight out of Hebrews chapter 12 and 13. So I believe that God's gonna help us and we're gonna look at four things tonight. That I believe will help us in our walk and help us to glorify God in our lives. They have uh, these chapters have some very important things for us to meditate on regarding Jesus and our walk with Him. And what I want to look at first tonight is keys to finishing this race. Keys to finishing this race that we are are uh, running in. Now, in Hebrews chapter 12, as we look at the beginning of there, chapter 12, verse 1, the Bible says this. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. In verse 2, We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, despising its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. The Bible says we are surrounded by a multitude of witnesses. Church, we have to understand that each and every day that we walk through this world and each and every day that we we go out to our jobs or to our schools or to whatever we're doing, even in our homes, that we are examples. We are examples in this dark world. That's exactly what's going to be taking place tomorrow here at our Fall Bash. We're a light in this dark world. We understand Halloween. There's so many things transpiring, so many things going on during uh, during Halloween each and every year, but each and every year we have an opportunity to be a light in this dark world. Can you say amen? We have an opportunity to shine for Jesus, and this is important for us to understand that we are surrounded by a multitude of witnesses. People are watching you and I. It's kind of scary sometimes to think about, right? They're watching you at work. They're watching your reaction. They're watching my reaction. Maybe when you're having a tough day at work and things aren't going your way, maybe the boss is coming down on you. Maybe you're frustrated. When you treat these situations and you enter them with grace and you exit these situations with grace, I'll tell you what, you are an awesome example when you take situations and trials, and you, and you just endure them, and you believe God to help you through these situations, you and I are being such powerful examples, and even more than the words that we speak, people are seeing our actions, because it's easy, it's easy to talk one way, right? But what kind of actions do we have? We are surrounded by a multitude of witnesses, and this applies to, the, I wanna first look at the physical. Again, whether it's, it's work, whether it's school, whether it's at home, How are you acting? How are we reacting to different situations? The Bible tells us that we're walking epistles to be read of men. You're going through things tonight, you're struggling, you're going through some some battles, you're fighting. God will give us the strength to fight, but to be an example, to encourage others. Maybe you're in some heavy heavy things right now and you're, you're fighting, you're, you're, you're battling for the Lord and you're, you're battling for your salvation to stay on the straight, narrow path. I'll tell you what, you being here tonight is such an example to me. It's an example to me to see you, my brothers and sisters still fighting, to see you here on World Series night. Right, You're here in the house of God, worshiping God, thanking God, seeking Him. We could be so many other places, but I thank God that you made a decision to come to the house of God tonight. What that does for me is it shows me that I need to fight. I need to continue on. I need to carry on in this race. Why? Because I see you doing it. You're encouraging me tonight. We are surrounded by uh, by a multitude of witnesses, and there's the spiritual. There's always the spiritual, we are surrounded by a multitude of witnesses. This applies to the spiritual as well. Look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. The Bible says, Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained, entertained angels without realizing. You don't know. I don't know in a way that you and I can help someone. Someone that comes up to us, they may need a helping hand. They may, there's a situation that comes up and and we react and we, we step in to help someone, you don't know that that may be an angel that you're entertaining right there. That may be God's messenger right there. That may be a test for you and I. So as we have opportunity to do good, the Bible says, let us do good. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained, entertained angels without realizing it. We are surrounded, church. Be an example tonight. Be an example. That ministers so powerfully to to the lives of your family, first of all, to your coworkers, to those that know you, and to those that observe you. Be an example. By doing that, you're glorifying God. By doing that, you're helping winning souls to the kingdom of God because they're seeing that God is for real. And I knew this person before. I knew how they were before Christ. So if they're in this situation and they're having a tough day and they're not lashing out and cussing up a storm and they're not you know, beating holes in the wall of the house or anything, I know God is for real. We have to be examples. The Bible also says that we have to strip off every weight that slows us down. Strip off every weight that slows us down. We're in a race. We're in a journey. Each and every day, God's called us to to run for him. He's called us to pursue him. And as with each race of endurance, each test, we have to be streamlined. We have to lay aside every weight. Now, Sometimes we can get caught up into carrying these burdens We're trying to run this race. We're trying to run fast. We're trying to move. We're trying to get to where God has us. But we feel so weighed down sometimes. Have you ever considered that perhaps you're carrying some burdens that God doesn't want you to be carrying? Maybe it's worry. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's anxiety about the future and the things that you and I don't even have control over anyways. The devil causes us to to try to worry about so many things that are just out of our hands. I mean, Jesus gives us so much wisdom and tells us, don't worry about tomorrow. There's enough things to worry about today. He's got tomorrow handled for you already. Jesus is already there in your future. He's already at your tomorrow. He's already at your next month. He's already working out these situations. All you and I have to do is trust in him. And the Bible says that we cast our cares upon him, for he cares for us. But sometimes we don't do that, do we? We hold on to it. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's unforgiveness in this place tonight. And we're wondering why we're struggling in certain things, and we're trying to move, and we're trying to, we're trying to do all God wants us to do, but we feel burdened and weighed down. Are perhaps you you harboring unforgiveness? There was a study that was done on runners and a percentage of runners it was looking at the effects of having extra weights on a runner's physique and it was going on it said that there was a vast percentage that was lost when runners were carrying an extra pound and it says that 2.4 seconds per mile were lost per every pound that was carried by these runners Now, when you think of a marathon, 26.2 miles, these runners that are competing, that are enduring, every second counts. If they're trying to beat their last record and they're trying to beat their previous accomplishment, every second counts. So every pound that they have on, it adds time to the clock. It slows them down. Five to 10%, this study said. And how that affects us in the spiritual. Spiritual. We're carrying these things. Now, God's God's called us to, to certain responsibilities that he's entrusted us with, certain things that he wants us to carry and to be faithful over. But there are some things, church, that we carry and that we fight to hold on to that he doesn't want us to be holding on to, and some of the things I talked about. Tonight, at the end of our service, we're gonna have an opportunity to lay these things here at the altar. The altar's a place where we can come and we can try to get it right one more time. Can you say amen? God gives us his grace, and the altar is a place where we can come and cast our burdens and leave them. But sometimes we leave them here, and then we take them right back to our seat, don't we? we got to leave them here, church. Strip off every weight that slows us down. We're talking about keys to finishing this walk we have to run with endurance that's the third thing we have to have the end in mind to finish this race the bible says in ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 8 finishing is better than starting finishing is better than starting patience is better than pride praise god for the day that you made a decision for jesus christ I thank God for the day that I said yes to Jesus and I gave my life to him. I thank God for that day. That was a glorious day, but I'll tell you what. You know what's going to be more glorious than the day you said yes to Jesus is the day that you enter the pearly gates, the day that you enter the kingdom of God, and the Bible says that Jesus will say, well done, good and faithful servant. That is going to be a glorious day, church. We have to strive for that. That's where the endurance comes in. Now it was a great day when you got saved when you said yes to Jesus, but it's going to be a better day when you finish this race. And that's where it is. That's what it's about. One day we're going to be able to see our loved ones that have passed on, that went before us in Christ into the kingdom of God. A multitude of witnesses, right? They're going to be able to to receive us. Ultimately, Jesus to receive us is the best thing ever, but there's this race that we're in and we have to endure till the end. You have to finish this race. Run with endurance. Keep our eyes on Jesus. In verse 2, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. The champion, praise God, who initiates and perfects our faith. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You're tempted? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You're tired and weary? Keep your eyes on Jesus, church. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Maybe you're going through struggles and trials tonight. You're going through situations that you've never faced. Look up and keep your eyes on Jesus. Do those things that God has taught you, those things that have kept you. Praise God. Stay in your word. Stay in prayer. Stay in the house of God here in church. I remember a pastor once said many years ago, if you keep coming to church, things are bound to change. As simple as that is, as difficult as that may be sometimes, as, you, as long as you come into the house of God, as you seek him each and every day, as you bring yourself to the house of God, whenever there's church, whenever there's something going on in the house of God, be there because I'll tell you what, I promise you that change will come. Do you receive that tonight? We have to understand also that there's a prize waiting for you, uh, you and I as we touched on, there's a prize. At the finish line at any race. We just had our bike-a-thon not too long ago. What was here at the finish line? I'll tell you what, there's a medal for those that finished. There were those that greeted them with cheers, gave it up for them. I'll tell you what, there was also good food here, right? There was a cooling station for them to rest. This is just a small glimpse of what it is going to be for us in the kingdom of God. Jesus is going to be there at the end for us when we enter the kingdom of God. There are going to be those that, are, that have gone on before us to cheer for us, and there's going to be food. And you say, man, look at Revelations. There's going to be a great banquet. That sounds good to me tonight. And there's going to be rest. There's going to be rest. You're tired in this place? God will give you rest. God will strengthen you. His Spirit will empower you. And one day, there's going to be a day for us to be able to rest, but until we get there, We have to keep fighting, we have to keep running, we have to keep enduring tonight. One day there is going to be rest, praise God. So we looked at keys to finishing this walk. Secondly, I want to look at the new covenant tonight, praise God, as we talk about Jesus is greater. Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to jump to verse 18 now, praise God. Now the Bible says this, it says, you have not come to a physical mountain, to a place of flaming fire. Darkness, gloom, and whirlwind as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai. Now, if we look at the Old Testament, Mount Sinai was an awesome and it was a terrible place. It was a place where Moses communed with God. He spent 40 days with God. The Bible says there was thunder, there was lightning on this mountaintop because Moses was there and God was there. The Bible says when he came down, he was glowing because he was in the presence of God. Mount Sinai was a place that we got the Ten Commandments. So there was God and the Israelites beheld this with their eyes and I'll tell you it was a fearful place because they were that close to God. It was a fearful place. Now in verse 19 it says for they heard an awesome trumpet blast and a voice so terrible that they begged God to stop speaking. Man, here we get a glimpse of at the power of God. They staggered back under God's command. Even if an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. Look in verse 21. Moses himself was so frightened at the sight, and he said, I am terrified and trembling. There are many scriptures in the Old Testament when a descriptor is needed of God, and it's terrible. He causes terror. To be in front of God is a terrible, is a fearful thing, but we thank God for the new covenant. Can you say Amen. We thank God for what Jesus has done. Praise God. Now, th- what's interesting about this passage, as we read these things about God, God hasn't changed. The Bible said he's, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. God's power is still great. It's still powerful. It's still great. But what has changed is his relationship with you and I through Jesus Christ because of the sacrifice that Jesus Christ came to pay. You and I can now have perfect and beautiful relationship with God. Now listen to verse 22. It says, no, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to countless thousands of angels with joyful gathering. Here we get a distinct difference between the first part of this passage. Now, we're, now it's talking about a joyful gathering, whereas before it was talking about Moses even saying that Uh, that um, I am terrified and trembling, but now in a couple verses here, we see that angels in joyful gathering. This is good news for us. In verse 23, and you have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children. Now the Bible's calling us children, all of us children, even the Gentiles, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God himself, who is the judge over all things. You have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven who have now been made perfect. Listen to this, you have come to Jesus, amen. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. We see the fulfillment of the Old Old Testament through the New Testament through Jesus Christ. Now what's beautiful about this is God is a holy God. He's always been holy. He will always be holy. But what's beautiful about what Jesus has done, what God's done by giving us his son Jesus, is he died for you and I so that you and I, now the Bible says we can come boldly into the the throne of grace. We can come boldly to God's throne to, to seek God, to seek after him and to ask him and to lay our petitions before him. It says we can come boldly, boldly. Well, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what sins I've committed It doesn't matter. You come to God with with an open heart, with a repentant heart, the Lord will forgive you. Why? Because of what Jesus Christ did. And the Bible teaches us that when Jesus died, what does the Bible say? That the veil was torn, torn asunder. The veil that that kept uh, kept everyone out of the Holy of Holies was torn asunder, and what was that? That was symbolic, that you and I now have access to the presence of God. You and I can come to the feet of Jesus and worship him, a holy God, a righteous God. Maybe you've messed up in this place. Maybe you've made some bad decisions and you feel like there's no hope for you. I got news for you tonight. There is hope for you. There is hope for you. The Bible says as long as there's breath in your lungs, there's hope among the living. The Bible says there is hope. As long as you're breathing, there's hope for you tonight. You're not too far gone. You haven't messed up so bad that the Lord can't help you and touch your life. That's for someone here tonight. See, the devil will come to just lie to us, right? He's a liar. The devil's foul. He throws these these darts at us, and he he tries to convince us that, that we're no good, that there is no hope, there's no change for you. That's what the devil will try to tell you, but our Bible tells us different. Can you say amen? The Bible says, the Lord says, come, let us reason together. Though your sins were as scarlet, they will be white as snow. He says, come, let us reason together. You know what the devil tries to do when we mess up, when we make bad decisions? He tries to isolate us. He tries to cause us to go go out into the wilderness and run away from the presence of God. If you mess up, if you make a bad decision, and there's a voice telling you that you're washed up, don't even come to church anymore, go out and forget about it. That's the voice of the enemy. That's the voice of the enemy tonight. If you're hearing that voice, you need to rebuke that, and you need to come to the feet of Jesus. Jesus is here with open arms, ready to receive you, ready to help you, and ready to change you. Praise God. So we thank God for the new covenant for Jesus. Jesus is greater. The third thing I want to look at tonight, as we're going to look at a couple practical Practical steps tonight that will help us as we walk in Christ in our third and fourth point. The third point is brief, trusting in an an unshakable God. Hebrews chapter 13, we're going to jump to uh, chapter 13 now. We're going to read verse 5 and 6. Now this is awesome. This is very practical uh, for you and I that we have to trust in our unshakable God. Now the Bible says in verse 5 of Hebrews chapter 13, don't love money. There it is. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. Say that again. The Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Again, maybe tonight you're going through uh, struggles, through situations Maybe you're hurting in this place tonight. You can declare in the spiritual and the physical that the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? We have to proclaim that in our lives when we're struggling, maybe when we're down and out or we're facing these situations, that we can declare the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? And as we back up a little bit, don't love money. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. That's so powerful, so short and sweet. But church, we can't chase after money. You know that's what the world's doing, and we see how the world is going. You chase after money, you chase after materialism, you forget about Jesus, and you start to chase after these material things. There's just grief, there's sorrow, there's despair, and I'll tell you what—that's never enough. That next dollar that you get. It's never enough. You're going to want more and you're going to want more. If you're chasing after money, if you're chasing after materialism, you will never be satisfied. You will always want more and more and more and you will begin to be willing to sacrifice the precious things that God has given us just for materialism. The Bible tells us one day it's going to rot. It's going to rust. It's going to corrode. Be satisfied with what you have. God's given you a job, praise God, thank him for it each and every day. Maybe your boss is a little bit crazy, it's all right, at least you got a boss tonight. Thank God for your health. Praise God, thank God for your car. May not be the car that that, your dream car, whatever, but it's getting you from A to B, be thankful for that, praise God, it's a gift of God. Be satisfied with what you have. Because with that, we can look up to Jesus and we can thank him. But when we start to become unsatisfied and discontent, we start to look at what he has, or what she has, or what they have. We start to lose the appreciation for the blessed things that God's given us, man. We can't do that, it brings sorrow in our lives. And lastly, as we close, some closing thoughts as we close out Hebrews chapter 13 and as we close the book of Hebrews tonight. As we read in verse 16, the Bible says, don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. We see some heavy words here. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. Verse 18. Pray for us for our conscience is clear and we want to live honorably in everything we do. And especially pray that I will be able to come back to you soon. Now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he equip you with all that you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever, amen. I urge you, dear brothers and sisters, to pay attention to what I have written in this brief exhortation. Praise God. In verse 16, do good as we have an opportunity. Don't forget to do good and share with those in need. Praise God. You have an opportunity to do good, do it. You have an opportunity to give someone an encouraging word, do it. It's going to change someone's life. You know, I think back in my early years of, of walking with the Lord and some of the things that I was going through. I remember being a teenager one, one year, and I was, I, was, I was serving God. I was going through some things, and one, a brother spoke some, some simple words into my life, and I remember like it was yesterday. It was a Burger King. It was over a hamburger, and I was going through the We were just sharing, and he told me with, with such confidence and such assurance, man, God is with you. That's all he said to me. We talked and we went on, but you know what? I never forgot that. I never forgot that statement. That day, that moment, that time in eternity that changed my life, that got me through another day. That brother, God is with you. And I'll tell you tonight, those same words, God is with you, what are you going through? What are you struggling with? God is with you. God is with you tonight. He's gonna get you through. He's going to uphold you. He's going to strengthen you. And those simple words that that brother shared with me many, many, oh, 20 plus years ago, that shows me that a simple statement can change someone's world forever. A simple word of encouragement. Maybe there's someone on your mind that needs an encouraging word. I'm praying for you. Hang in there. God's going to help you. God's with you. It's so easy nowadays, right? Maybe it's just a text. Maybe it's a phone call. Your words and the opportunity that you engage in and enter in to bless someone can change someone's world forever. Don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. Praise God. We look in verse, verse 19. On Jesus and the eternal covenant. Actually in verse 20. Now may the God of peace who brought up from from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. What does that word ratified mean? That means to sign or give formal consent to. You and I have heaven waiting for us, if we we will just walk with Christ, if we will just endure and we will serve him. And this comes because Jesus, because the sprinkling of his blood, he ratified this eternal covenant that blesses us, that enables you and I, Gentiles, sinners. The Bible says while we were yet sinners, he died for us. You and I can experience all the blessings that God has for us because of what Jesus Christ did. Now in verse 21, as we prepare to close, it says, may he equip you with all that you need for doing his will. Now here's the here's the good news for you and I. You have everything you need to be victorious. Every battle that you face, you have all the tools already that, that you need to be victorious in those situations. He's equipped you already. But sometimes we forget. Sometimes we lean on the arm of the flesh. Sometimes we lean on our own strength, but the Bible tells us that he will equip you. He's given us all the tools that we need. The Bible says for life and godliness. God's called you to be an example. He's given you a spirit to help you there. God's called you to be patient. He's given you and I his spirit. He's called you to be a leader. God's given you his spirit to help you with that. God has equipped us. Now in verse 21, I want to look at something important as well. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. May he produce in you. I want you to think of that word produce. You go to the grocery store, you go into the produce section, you see all this wonderful fruit, you see all this this fruit, everything is full of produce. And you know what happened is that produce didn't just spring up overnight. There was a process of growing. There was a process of planting. And sometimes we wanna despise the process that God is taking us through. God wants you one day to be able to receive all the blessings that he wants to pour on your life. You have vision for great things in your life. You want God to do great things in your life. And God today is producing these things in you that will help you to receive those blessings tomorrow. See, sometimes we despise the process. We want it right now. But we're not ready right now for what he wa- for all that he wants to give us. We have to go through the process. We have to go. We have to endure the process. Maybe this is ministering to you at your workplace. You want a promotion. You want more money. You want for God to bless you financially at your job. There's a process of of producing that He's working these things in you. You want. Obedient children tonight that listen to you and heed your word. There is a process. There's a process. There's things that we have to do. May he produce in you. Don't despise the process. Maybe you're in a waiting period in your life right now. Don't despise it. God's working through it. Think about, as Pastor talked about on on Sunday, think about Joseph. How God used him. God called him. God used him in a powerful way in Egypt. He was second in command. Through the wisdom that God gave him, he was able to save the nation, the entire land, because of what God did in his life. But he didn't get there overnight, did he? What did he have to endure? What did Joseph have to endure if you read about Joseph? He was betrayed by the the, the ones that were supposed to be closest to him. He was betrayed by his very own brothers. They betrayed him. They sold him into slavery. They lied to his dad about him, that, that he was killed, that he was dead. The people that were there to, to, to protect him, his, his older brothers also, he was betrayed. What else? Think of, of, of Potiphar and Potiphar's wife. He was, he was lied about. He was slandered. He was a righteous man. He was, he was a man of integrity, but they lied about him. All these things. And Joseph was on a journey to be second in command of all of Egypt. But there was a process. What if he threw in the towel and said, forget this. I'm done with this. I'm done with people backstabbing me. I'm done with people betraying me. Sometimes someone throws us a wrong look and we want to throw in the towel. And sometimes we may get that sideways look from people that we thought were closest to us. But it's okay. Don't throw in the towel. Love them. Pray for them. Know that God's taking you someplace. He's producing something beautiful in you and I as you and I will stand on the righteousness of Christ, as we will stand on him, and we will endure the process. He's going to take us exactly where he wants us to be. And as we close, we're going to have our worship team come up tonight. It's interesting here. As we look at the latter part of uh, verse 22, I urge you, dear brothers and sisters, pay attention, to pay attention. Now, do you remember at the beginning of this series as, as Pastor Danny opened up, as we looked in, uh, in Hebrews chapter 2, he was talking about that. He said, pay attention. Now, the ending of Hebrews is saying, pay attention. Now, if we look at the beginning of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says there, it says, so we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. Isn't that interesting tonight? That Hebrews opens up and says, listen carefully. And Hebrews closes and says, pay attention. All the things we heard this month, church, let's pay attention to these things. Let's apply them to our lives. Let God finish that work that he's begun in us. Whether it was any one of the messages that were spoken this month, all of the messages, great things that God brought out. And tonight as we talked about there are are specific keys to finishing this walk with Christ. We talked about the beautiful new covenant that we have because of Jesus. We talked about trusting in an unshakable God And at the end of it all, the Bible is saying, pay attention. Each and every time we come into the house of God, church, we have to pay attention. God's speaking things, words of life, things that are specific for your situation, for my situation. We have to grasp them. We have to listen. We have to pay attention. So let that that encourage us tonight. Let that challenge us tonight, church. And we thank God because in all things, Jesus is greater. Can you say amen?